Welcome back to the Andrew Oman Show. Thank you again for starting your day strong. Wherever, maybe maybe it's the evening and you're just listening to this, or maybe it's the morning. I encourage you, these episodes come out like on podcasts, like audio-wise, it comes out like 5 a.m. So if you're one of those um, early birds, yeah, you'll get the episode pretty early. But either way, thank you. Welcome back to the Andrew Oman Show. I'm very glad that you tuned in. We are continuing our series called 90,000 Hours. That's right. That's on average what each person will spend their time working in their life. 90,000 hours, they say even a third of your life is spent working. So if we're supposed to follow Christ... I think we should talk about how that looks like, at least for a third of your life, which is work. So this whole series has been talking about what does it mean, what's a biblical perspective of work, and what does it mean to be a Christian. So last time, the episode was called 90,000 Hours Work in the Garden. And we talked about the biblical perspective of work. So if you're just tuning into this as your very first episode, check out the last one as well. Could have been like episode 51, I believe. And we talk about the dignity of work as well as the design of work. The dignity of work means that work is a God-given gift. That's right. You heard me. You're like, are you serious, Andrew? Like me flipping burgers or me doing all all this job? That's God-given? Well, the very concept of work Yes, that's right. Now, again, little caveat, I'm not talking about immoral jobs or anything like that, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying the concept of work is a very gift from God. It's a gift to all, and there's no hierarchy of work. A philosopher is not in his dignity of work is not worth more than a janitor. It's just not the, the way it works because it's all a gift from God. We also saw the design of work. That work, because it's a gift from God, God actually put work in our lives to give us purpose. We are actually designed to work. This is why for so many that stop working in their lives, they lose a sense of meaning. I told a story how an older gentleman, and by by older, I mean pretty old, he came to the hotel where I was working and he was looking for work. I was like, I'm sorry, you're looking for work? How are you looking for work? I mean... He should be retired, and he was retired. He was just bored as heck and wanted to come back to work. Even um, even uh, the great MLK, Martin Luther King Jr., understood that servanthood is the basis for work. So work was designed to give us purpose and to serve others. It is done to serve others. MLK said this. He said, quote, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject or verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And that's the very basis of what work means. So in today's episode, I'll give you the roadmap. Today's episode, we'll talk about what went wrong with work. Why is it? And we're going to explain how work many times becomes frustrating It becomes pointless, fruitless, and even selfish. Before we do that, I want to talk about my mug right over here. Ooh, this is... Now, I'm giving tea a try. Remember, one of our listeners uh, sent me like a bag full of tea. So this is the Morning Irish Blend, isn't it? It's quite a nice... It's a... It's a bonnie. Ain't this... Ain't this mug a bonnie mug, eh? Look at this. Let me sip it a little bit, huh? Ah, good Irish morning blend, isn't it? Oh, 
It lifts your spirits up, doesn't it? Yes, that is. And this mug is actually really cool. If you can see it, I really encourage you to see it on YouTube because it says, it says life is better with a dog. And then actually over here, it has the name of our dog, um, Max. So yeah, it is a pretty unique mug. I will say that I do. This is mostly my dad's mug, but don't, don't, don't tell anybody that, okay? Don't tell anybody that. I still got some mugs left. I just use this one for right now. We're going to pretend it's totally mine though. Okay, so let's get let's get going. Why, how did work become fr- sometimes frustrating, pointless, fruitless, and selfish? And this is super important for us to have a biblical perspective of work. So let's talk about how it all went wrong. You see, a lot of times when we think about sin, you know, we, we revert back to the story of the fall in Genesis chapter three. And we see how that was our disconnection from relationship with God and relationship with others. That's why it's a, we have a fall in nature. What's interesting, because that was also the time that work went wrong. So I'm going to read this. This is uh, Genesis chapter three. And this is what God said to Adam. He said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree from which I commanded you you must not eat from it. Cursed, listen to these words. Cursed is the ground because of who? Not God, because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat fruit from it all of the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the what? The sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From for dust you are, and dust you will return. Dang. So so we see that sin not only affected our relationship with God, but it also affected work, our relationship with work. Here the the way that God now describes that work will be. It, it is a painful toil that you will get thorns and thistles, right? It, it's going to be from the sweat of your brow. Now, by that means that you're working extremely hard. How many of us can relate with this, right? I mean, this rings true in our experience. Maybe you're a teacher working late into the night, early in the morning, or you work at a desk job all night, and it's really by the sweat of your brow, or, or you work in manual labor and you actually sweat, right? Whichever whichever job you have, when you lay your head down on the pillow, that sign of exhaustion, that feeling of not wanting to work the next day, is evidence of the toil of work. Now, now remember, the word toil, all it means is working extremely hard. Have you ever found yourself in that moment? Just working extremely hard. And even when you work extremely hard, sometimes it doesn't it always produce what you want it, right? It can be many times fruitless. It's It says that even you will get thorns and thistles. See, this is something important, and we're taking a lot of our, our information, by the way, from this awesome book I keep recommending. Uh, it's by Timothy Keller and Catherine Leedy Alsdorf, which is called Every Good Endeavor. I finished the book. It is a fantastic read, especially, obviously, if you're a believer. But even if you're not a believer, or at least you're just listening to this podcast because you like what you know, you like the opinions and everything. Um, this is a great way to understand how the Christian perspective connects with work. So I just wanted to throw that out there if you wanted to go ahead and read it as well. But it's interesting because have you ever felt yourself, you've worked hard, you know, you've worked on your podcast, you, you've you worked at um, just hard at your work, and then it's fruitless. Or it's not as much as you wanted to. You work so hard on your paper late at night only to get a bad grade. Right. Or, or your product doesn't produce as much as you wanted. You, you work so much on, on, 
on the home only to sell at less value than you were expecting or that you were needing. As the author says, Temp, Temp Keller, he says, in other words, work, even when it bears fruit, listen to these words, it, it's always painful. It often miscarries, you know, like a company that's birthing out a new product and sometimes even kills us. You know, I read a, a story about this man in Japan who they found dead on his desk. It wasn't because of a heart or anything like that. It's because he overworked. Yeah, it's a true story. You know, so, so these verses tell us something about the nature of work. That work itself is not a curse, but it is now under the curse of sin. Thus, work is hard and many times fruitless sometimes. Not always. Again, and there's got to be a, a good side of this story. But sometimes we go, especially as millennials, I, I honestly don't know where. I'm 22, guys, so I don't know where I fit. You guys got to tell me, I think I'm a millennial or I'm like a Gen Z. I don't know. I'm kind of like in that awkward age. I don't know where I fit, but that's okay. I don't like being labeled anyways. So even if you're millennial or whatever age you're in, sometimes you can come into the world with a little bit of a nativity, an idealistic goal of like, you know, everything's just going to work out perfectly and everything's going to produce amazing and everything's going to be great and my life is going to be awesome. And then you hit the hard reality of life that sometimes things don't go as you wanted them to go. And we give up. It's easy to give up. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I must be doing the wrong job because it's hard. I must be doing the wrong job because all of a sudden I don't feel like working. So it's not my passion. That's a lot, right? Just follow your heart, follow your passion. But remember this perspective, this biblical perspective, work will, hear me out, work will always be hard. Sometimes harder than other times. But work will always be hard. So we've, we've talked about this in, um, in the episode before, in several episodes, where we, we just say this, choose your heart. Life is hard. Work is hard. So you have to now choose your heart. It's not whether one thing's going to be hard or the other thing is easy. Everything is hard. But to go to school and get good grades, that you bet that's hard. That's really hard. You got to stay up. You got to sacrifice some some social interactions there. It's hard. But to give out and and you know drop out and and live with that kind of self esteem or whatever you want to call it, that's also hard. To be a good teacher is hard, but to be a bad teacher and deal with those consequences, that's also hard. To to be good at your job, that's hard. But to slack in always in fear of being fired, that's also hard. So we understand a biblical perspective of work is that because it is under the sin, it won't sometimes produce what we want it to produce. And it'll sometimes produce thorns and thistles, and it's going to be toil, and it's going to be by the sweat of your brow. But there is a redeeming factor, which we're going to, there's still one more episode to this series where we're going to redeem all this and how the gospel redeems work and how it can be, in fact, fulfilling when you bring it into the gospel. So definitely don't tune out and say, oh my gosh, this is all just bad news. But it is important to have a little bit of a reality check. So you got to choose your heart. I, I, I want to say this, and maybe, maybe this is for someone, just because what you are doing is hard does not necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. I'm going to say that again. Just because what you're doing is hard doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. Don't doubt your calling when it gets difficult. Man, I feel like someone's got to hear that. Again, don't doubt your calling when it gets difficult. You thought your calling was going to be easy? My goodness. Mm -mm. If it was easy, let me just take a little sip of my tea. 
Girl, that, that thing ain't going to be easy. Your calling is not going to be easy because God has called us to a great calling that can only be fulfilled with him. Don't So don't doubt your calling when it gets difficult. Don't stop writing those books when you get into a, a writer's block and don't give up on school if that's what you feel like God's been calling you to. Don't give up recording those videos even if no one gets a lot of, it doesn't get a lot of views. Don't give up when people leave. Don't give up when it gets difficult. Work can be both frustrating and fulfilling. That's right. Is it an oxymoron? Kind of, but not really. That was an oxymoron by itself. Okay. Work can be frustrating and fulfilling at the same time, especially for believers. Because for believers, you, you deal with a little bit of, of how work is under you know the curse of sin. But at the same time, when you submit your plans to the Lord, His words is that they will prosper. You see, so there's such a fulfillment whenever you find it in Him. But also from being fruitless many times and, and being frustrating, work can also be pointless sometimes. Have you ever felt that way? You just feel stuck in the cycle. You feel stuck in the nine to five, stuck in the, and you just got out of college and now you're working. You're like, oh my gosh, this whole working thing wasn't as cool as maybe I thought. Have you ever asked yourself, what in the world am I doing with my life? Uh, you know, I, I've referenced this maybe a couple times, but I had a great conversation with one of my good friends and, and we were talking about that, just feeling stuck, feeling in the nine to five and just asking ourselves, what in the world am I doing with my life? Let me take a little sip. Sorry, this tea is really good. Thank you so much uh, for the person that, that gave it to me. And if you've ever asked yourself this, it can be easy for us to feel a sense of meaninglessness with our work, stuck in, it's stuck in a cycle. And sometimes this can happen because there's so many decisions. Have you ever felt that way? There's just so much to pick that you get overwhelmed. This happens to me whenever I go to buffet. So recently, my my, my family and I got to go head out of town. We went to kind of like a, a hotel that had a, a great buffet. And this happens to me every single time. Maybe you're exactly like me, where I don't eat well at, at buffets because there's just so many options. I just don't eat well. And I always end up feeling hungry. I always, so I pick, you know, I always like to try the pizza a little bit. I try a little bit of that, try a little bit of that, but I feel a little bit overwhelmed and I just sit down and I feel like, man, I don't know if I should get back up again and try to go through the emotional energy that it takes to make all those decisions. I know maybe it sounds really lame, but then I end up like leaving a little bit meaningless. I know. Or, or I end up just leaving a little bit hungry. Right. And because there's just such a plethora of options. And isn't that how sometimes it feels in life? Like there's just so many things to do that you just don't know. And sometimes choices, choices, choices are always good, but sometimes it can also be counterproductive because it can make you doubt your thing. So if all I had to do was to make a podcast and that's literally the only option I had to do, then not, then in my mind, I'm like, okay, then this is what God has called me to do because it's literally the only option. But when there's 50 different options of what you can do with your life or a thousand different options of what you can do, then you start kind of doubting yourself. I'm like, okay, God, are you calling me to this? Are you calling me to that? Like, what are you calling me to? Well, one thing that this this reality of work sometimes becoming meaningless, it actually points us to Jesus because work is, is supposed to give us purpose, but not ultimate purpose. See, work will not satisfy your existential vacuum. 
Victor Frankl, which I've done a whole episode, two episodes actually, on his book called Man's Search for Meaning. He uh, created what's called Logos Therapy. He was a survivor of the Holocaust. And then he's a psych- uh, psychiatrist as well and a therapist. And he said that the way to find meaning is in three ways. One, you find meaning through a work or a project, something to get your hands on. Two, you find meaning through love. And then the third thing is if you're suffering, you find meaning in your suffering, that you're suffering for a certain cause, kind of like a sacrifice. Um, and all, all that to say is that even all those three ways to find meaning, they will not, I believe, give you existential vacuum because that's exactly what the Bible says. We all have a God-shaped hole in us that sometimes we try to stuff and work in there and they will not fit. No matter how many hours we work, it just won't be ultimately fulfilling. And can I remind you something? It will never be ultimately fulfilling. This is why you must, you must find your meaning in Jesus. I heard this phrase uh, the other time on the podcast said, focus on the who before the do. And if you're like me, sometimes I hear those and I'm like, oh, it's a little cheesy, like a little cliche, but it's true. It's definitely true. Focus on the who before the do. Let your fulfillment be in who God has made you to be, not in what you actually do. So focus on who God is, and then then you will understand who you are, and that will affect your do, that will affect your work. But many times we have this backwards, right? And this is where Jesus talked about the parable. Um, I don't know if it was a parable or just a story where he talks about the two people that listened to his teachings. One applied it, one did not. The one that applied his teachings was like a man who built on uh, built his house on solid rock, and the other one who didn't follow his teachings is like a man who built on sand. My question to you is. How are you going to find fulfillment? It's not really going to be in work. Ultimately, it's going to be found in Jesus. Meaning, let your fulfillment, all your fulfillment, work and do a little bit, be found only in Jesus ultimately, and then work will fall into its proper place. It's it's many times like this can happen because we can give up on work because we it do, we don't get from it what it cannot give us. It's like judging a fish of being pointless because it cannot climb a tree. Don't consider work to be pointless when you want it to be something that it can't be. I'll say that again. Don't consider work to be pointless when you want it to be something that is just not meant to be. You know, the last thought that I want to kind of start landing the plane is that work can sometimes become selfish, can't it? It actually reveals our idols. And a lot of times when we think about idols, we can think of a wooden statue or rock, or we can think of the Bible, right, where it talks about idols, etc. And then, and then when we think of more modern idols, we just think about maybe money, etc. Um, but I want you to remember that an idol is anything that takes God's place in your life, anything that takes the throne of your heart that's supposed to only be for God. Our idols can be money. It can be achievement. It can be people's approval. Or people's attention. It can be fame. Or even, check this out, it can be our own intelligence. That's right. You thought, oh, I'm not about money, but you think you're a little too smart, don't you? Maybe it can be our own name or reason itself. The list is endless of what can be an idol. So my question is this, are you worshiping an idol with your work or are you worshiping Jesus with your work? Oof, my gosh. I think I got to take another sip and let, let, let that sink in real quick. Mm. Are you worshiping an idol through your work? Are you worshiping yourself? Are you worshiping work? Are you worshiping other people? Are you worshiping, worshiping your own development and your own career development uh, just to for the sake of a better name? Or are you worshiping Jesus 
And we're going to focus a lot into this in this last episode. We're going to talk, okay, we know the design of work. Now we know what, what happened to mess it all up. But now what does the gospel do about it? Because remember that God is in the business of redemption. That's right. Even work is to be redeemed. This It's going to get good. And so you don't want to miss our last episode of the series. And we're going to deal, like I mentioned, how the gospel gives us a new story for work. We've seen the design. We've seen the dignity. We've seen the problem. Now what's the solution? Don't miss the last episode of this series, 90,000 Hours on The Andrew Mont Show. Hey, we'll see you next time.